0: Guys, I don't know about you, but we made it. <laughs> All right. We have made it. And what I mean by we made it is the football season has gone by so fast. We're already in college, the college football national championship. Uh, we're in the last week of the regular season for, for NFL. And then the play of the NFL playoffs are next week. I mean, we are rocking and rolling. We are ready to to rumble with the last week of the regular season of the NFL. And guys, it just feels like we're just, you know, we were, it was yesterday that we was August and we were blinking and predicting, you know, what all was going to happen. Now, we're at the end of the regular season and we're at the end of the season for college. We're at the end of the regular season and about to be in the playoffs for the NFL. Guys, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful and cold afternoon thursday afternoon thank you for joining us i'm joel norris and whether you're watching on youtube listening on spotify listening on podbean a big thank you for taking some time out of your thursday to just sit back watch and listen to some nfl coverage presented by me now if you're watching on youtube subscribe to the channel like each episode leave comments down below spotify Podbean, and apple uh if you're listening on there Big thank you. Share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you have to do is just type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. And you will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's NFL question as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, NFL day today. We're going to recap week 17, some of the top matchups there. Um, Especially that Raven and Dolphins game. (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to want to hear my thoughts on that. Uh, We're going to talk about the Lions and the Cowboys. We're going to mention the controversy that happened during the game. You already know what happens. You most likely watched it this past Saturday. We're also going to discuss the top matchups for Week 18, the last week of the regular season for the NFL, including Texans and Colts. We're covering that game Saturday, and Bills and Dolphins. We're covering that game Sunday night. Discussing who's in and who's out for the Pigskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report, as well as other news that happened yesterday and around the league. Guys, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Keep plugging in on Pigskin Frenzy. Leave comments down below. Guys, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, keep sharing around with others, keep listening on there. Facebook, Podbean, uh, Apple, Spotify, all platforms, just keep plugging in and keep listening to Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, let's kick it off with some Week 17 action. And we're going to kick it off with Sunday Night Football's game, the Packers and the Vikings. I said that the Vikings were going to win that game, and that just started... Well, that kind of ended everything for me, especially with Sunday night. But it kind of put a damper on the record for this week because, uh, let's see, I picked the Vikings. Uh, Let's see, Hmm. I was one and three this week. One and three. I picked the Vikings to win. I was wrong, and. The Packers won, and not only that, they won in convincing fashion. Final score, Packers 33, Vikings 10. Let's go over the stats really quick before we talk about the game. Jordan Love, 24 for 33 with 256 yards and three touchdowns, two carries with two yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones, 20 carries with 120 yards. Patrick Taylor Jr., eight carries with 30 yards. A.J. Dillon, seven carries with 27 yards. Bo Melton, six receptions with 105 yards and a touchdown. Jaden Reed, six receptions with 89 yards and two touchdowns tucker Kraft, six receptions with 48 yards romeo dobbs three receptions with 28 yards and the defense was a force to be reckoned with they racked up four sacks and two turnovers guys let's talk about the vikings really quick jaron hall started the game but then was immediately replaced by nick mullins kevin o'connell made the decision during mid-game five for ten with 67 yards and an interception nick mullins 13 for 22 with 113 yards and a touchdown six yard carry Ty Chandler, 10 carries with 40 yards, three receptions with 24 yards. Alexander Mattinson, three carries with 17 yards, two receptions with 13 yards. Justin Jefferson, five receptions with 59 yards. Johnny Mund, four receptions with 39 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Addison, three receptions with 28 yards. Josh Oliver, 17-yard reception. And the defense really just couldn't hold Green Bay's offense, but linebacker Ivan Pace Jr. was the highlight for this defense, racking up 11 total tackles the Packers <clears throat> who knew <laughs> who knew the first part of the season we looked at the Packers and they were like uh they're kind of questionable kind of questionable on uh what's Jordan is Jordan Love gonna come into his own uh is the line gonna hold up and what's going on with the running game especially with the the injury was happening with Aaron Jones well it seems the Packers have arrived to the party better late than never right they are now eight and eight and they are ready to rock and roll. They win this week. They could very well find themselves in the playoffs next week. Jordan Love is finally coming into his own. I mean, 256 yards and three touchdowns. He's looking more and more like the leader of this team and more and more like the veteran quarterback that the Packers needed. Aaron Jones is... Coming back from his injury, finally starting to run the ball precisely well, 120 yards, trying to get that running game going for the Packers. The Packers could be a sleeper team. Don't count them out just yet. They're finally starting to mold. They're finally starting to come, and they're on all the defensive side of things as well. I mean, four sacks, two turnovers. They're not the best on defense, but they're they're, they're finally starting to find some find their chemistry, find their footing on that other side of the ball. The Packers are a team that is finally coming in and they're just looking to maybe, just maybe, pull off pull off some prizes in the playoffs. So Packers 33, Vikings 10. The Vikings, this put a damper a little bit on their playoff hopes. This is not really what they needed. Here was a loss to the Vikings, but they really couldn't move the ball at first down the field, especially with rookie quarterback Jaron Hall. I mean, uh, and, and that's fine. He's a rookie quarterback. A lot of rookie quarterbacks are not gonna play immediately well, and they're not gonna do they're not gonna do like a Mahomes did. They're not gonna do like a Josh Allen did. All right, not like a Jalen Hurts did. They're not gonna make immediate impacts for their team. Some rookie quarterbacks don't, but you would want at least to try to move the ball, at least some. They couldn't really do that with Jaron Hall, so they turned back to Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins got him to move the ball a little bit well, but it was a little bit too late. The Packers were already up, and the Packers were already holding them pretty much. So uh this is not what the Vikings really wanted. If they would have won, they could have had, you know, a better shot at things. And not only that, would have had a uh their second place in the NFC North behind the Detroit Lions and would have had a, a firm shot at making it and sneaking sneaking in to the NFC playoffs. Now the Packers are taking that spot up, um, and it's looking like that they could make it, but it's going to be a fight, especially with the Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons, and see what they got to say about the thick of things. Up, uh, I was, uh, I really did like Ivan Pace Jr. and Josh Metellus known as Mr. Everything, because he does play almost every slot position and skill position on the defense. Uh, That's incredible. Go and look look him up and look up his story. Just incredible. He played all positions on defense so far this year, and that's incredible. He's Mr. Everything, and that is the kind of football player you need on your team. But those two were the... The, the the strong suits for this defense and I was really impressed by them Sunday night but when you look <clears throat> when you look at everything in the overall scheme of things on defense they really just couldn't stop Jordan Love they really couldn't stop him from moving the ball and moving the ball well Jordan Love looked like a veteran out there he really did he looked like a veteran quarterback out there now does he have does he have some stuff to work on absolutely he really does this is his first season starting, starting but hey give him another season and let him blend and let him gel uh, during the off season and, and during OTAs and during training camp come uh, next July and August. And we're going to see how he does. And we're going to see if he's ready to rock and roll with the Packers next year. But I would keep, I would keep on with Jordan love. He's looking like he's finally starting to come into his own for the Packers offense. The Vikings uh, looking like, uh, that they're trying not that they're having some trouble after Kirk Cousins injury. At at the quarterback spot, Josh Dobbs was doing really well for him, and that story was great, but it seems like that's coming to an end. Uh, They're Nick Mullins. uh, They're looking like they're still kind of up in the air with Nick Mullins. Uh, Do the Vikings, if they do not make the playoffs, do they start thinking about quarterback during the draft? If Kirk Cousins, since Kirk Cousins will be a free agent during the offseason, do the Vikings start thinking about quarterback during the draft? That's another thought that I had during the game. Covering it Sunday night. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Vikings. We'll see what happens with the Packers. The Packers looking like they're coming into their own late. Vikings didn't need that loss. Uh, they're looking like they are dipping a little bit. Final score, 33-10. Packers defeat the Vikings in a epic showdown of rivals in the NFC North of Sunday night football. Let's move on and let's talk about the Buccaneers and the Saints. I covered that game at noon Eastern, double-screened it along with the Dolphins and the Ravens. We're going to talk about that later on. But the Saints and the Buccaneers, I said the Buccaneers were going to win and take claim and win the NFC South. Now, we got a whole big mix-up on our hands, folks, because I got that game wrong too. Final score, Saints 23, Buccaneers 13. I said that Derek Carr needed to have a spectacular game to beat this team and to uh, try to mix things up in the NFC South race. Well, Derek Carr, he may have not had a mind-blowing game like, you know, how in college when they have their Heisman games, he didn't have, he may not have one of those, but he had a well enough game to give them the win. And their defense played well enough to get them the win as well. 24 for 32 with 197 yards and two touchdowns was Derek Carr. Taysom Hill was one for two with 11 yards, two receptions with 30 yards and a touchdown. (coughs) Excuse me, guys. That was very unprofessional to me. I was clearing my throat. My bad. Need to talk here. Jamal Williams, 19 carries with 58 yards, four receptions with 13 yards. Alvin Kamara, 10 carries with 45 yards. Jawan Johnson, eight receptions with 90 yards and a touchdown. Crystal Lave, three receptions with 26 yards. Rashid two receptions with 14 yards, and Foster Moreau, 13-yard reception. The defense racked up four turnovers and played very tough throughout the game. Linebacker Pete Werner and defensive back Jonathan Abram were the highlights for this New Orleans New Orleans defense. And Werner racked up nine total tackles, and Abram racked up five tackles and an interception. Let's go with the Buccaneers really quick. <clears throat> the, 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 the Baker Mayfield, 22 for 33 with 309 yards and two touchdowns with two interceptions. <clears throat> Sorry guys, I'm still trying to get over this this mess in my throat. I'm clearing my throat. I'm not trying to sound unprofessional, but my apologies. Let's continue on. Rashad White, 11 carries with 42 yards, four receptions with 24 yards. Chase Edmonds, three carries with 16 yards, five receptions with 40 yards. Trey Palmer, four receptions with 84 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, three receptions with 81 yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans had three receptions with 70 yards. And linebacker Levante David was the highlight on defense with 11 total tackles. Guys, when you look at the Saints, and and before... When you look at the Saints beforehand, the Buccaneers were in firm control of this division. They were winning ball games and they were looking pretty solid. They beat up the Jacksonville Jaguars the other, you know, a couple of weeks back pretty good. They played the Saints and the Saints after that loss with the Rams kind of fired him up a little bit. Uh, They played lights out on defense. They were pressuring Baker Mayfield throughout and Baker Mayfield caused two of those four turnovers that they had they had two fumbles two interceptions and they were pressuring Mayfield a lot and they were pressuring uh up front a lot and that Saints defensive line played really well that's what I was surprised about and that's what I was kind of my main focus was for the Saints they played extremely well on defense and I think that's what they kind of needed to cause a little bit of chaos in this division um Baker Mayfield he did not play bad but he could have played a little bit better. He could have... Uh, the, the the Buccaneers on the front side of things could have helped him out a little bit to play a little bit better, but he didn't play all that bad. He just could, really didn't have... Uh, a lot of time, a lot of time to make accurate decisions and accurate passes because he was being pressured by the Saints' defense. Rashad White, he played good, uh, but there were just a, it was just one of those things where I think if they were to ran the ball a little bit more and balance it out a little bit more, they could have also made it a little bit closer against the Saints. Now, my only thing for the New Orleans Saints was this: uh, running the football. I am concerned. I am kind of curious, not really concerned, but curious about them running the football. They have two solid running backs and Alvin Kamara, for one, and Jamal Williams. And they could run the I think they could run the ball just a tiny bit better than what they do. They, they've been putting up more yards than what they've been putting up. I think if they ran the ball a little bit more and balanced it out with Derek Carr throwing the football with Chris Olave and Juwan Johnson and uh, Rashid Shaheed, even Michael Thomas, I mean, guys, I mean, they could be a weld oil machine on offense, especially with the backs that they got on the ground. So... Uh, I think running the ball a little bit for me, for the Saints, is one of those things where I would want to see more of. But the defense played well. Derek Carr played okay enough to get them the win. And they caused, if there were a wrench in the NFC South, the Saints look good on uh, the defense side of things. They look decent on offense. They look better on defense than they did on the offense. But the Saints didn't play all that bad, and they got them the win against a pretty solid Buccaneers team that was really on its way to claiming an NFC South championship, another NFC South championship, to be exact. The Buccaneers, uh, back to the draw board, they got to win Sunday. There is no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, they have to win, uh, because if they lose, Sunday's game that I am covering between the Falcons and the Saints decides. Who wins? Um, the Buccaneers and the Panthers are playing Sunday. The Panthers are completely out of it. But if, if the Buccaneers win, all I got to do is win. If the Buccaneers win, they are the NFC South champions. If they, if the Panthers somehow upset the Buccaneers, which it's kind of hard to see happening, but if they do, it leaves the door open for the, for the Saints and even the Falcons to win the South and even join the maybe in that fourth seed in the NFC playoffs next week. So the Falcons could pull a surprise here. The Saints could pull a surprise here. So it's one of those things where you look at it, but the NFC South is kind of like in a deciding mode here. Three teams in it all coming down to the wire. So we're going to see what happens there. (coughs) Excuse me unprofessional in me again i apologize we're gonna see what happens here and we're gonna see what happens in this game final score was 23 13 saints defeat the buccaneers and nothing really much else to say that uh the buccaneers have to win sunday the saints also have to win sunday as well as the falcons i mean if the bu- the buccaneers and the, the the saints and the falcons have to root for the panthers to beat the buccaneers so they then then they can try to you know, root each other on and try to beat each other in Sunday's matchup. So uh, everybody's just got to win and one's got to lose. So uh, the NFC South, kind of a tight race here and it will all be decided on Sunday. Now let's move on to uh, rewind the clock, rewind the day a little bit back to Saturday, the Cowboys and the Lions, the special edition, right before New Year's, uh, December thirtieth. Cowboys and Lions played, and it was a controversial end to a pretty tight game. It was in Dallas. Dallas is fifteen straight at home, make that sixteen straight. I thought the Lions were going to win this game. I was wrong. Final score: Cowboys twenty, Lions nineteen. Um, and it was a Pretty impressive performance for that Dallas offense, especially C.D. Lamb. Dak Prescott, 26 for 38 with 345 yards and two touchdowns with an interception. Two carries with five yards. Tony Pollard, they were trying to get him more touches, but they underachieved a little bit. They got him close to 20 touches, but it was 16 carries. 16 carries with 49 yards for Tony Pollard. C.D. Lamb was the highlight overall in this game. 13 receptions with 227 yards and a touchdown five yard carry. 227 yards, 13 receptions, and a touchdown. Unbelievable day for CeeDee Lamb. He was They couldn't stop him on the field. That was the main part. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Brandon Cooks, five receptions with 60 yards and a touchdown. Jake Ferguson, four receptions with 33 yards. Deuce Vaughn, 10-yard reception, the rookie out of Kansas State, and safety Donovan Wilson was the highlight for this defense. He notched 11 total tackles and a jump ball interception. He jumped right in front of Amon Ross St. Brown, Jared Goff, nineteen for thirty-four with two hundred seventy-one yards and a touchdown, with two interceptions for the Lions. Jalen reeves Mabin, their linebacker, came in for a for a passing play, a, trick, a trickery play, thirty-one yard pass and one tackle for Jalen Reeve may Jalen Reeves-Maybin. What a trickery play that they did with thirty-one yard pass for. Reeves Mabin, David Montgomery, 14 carries with 65 yards and a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs, 15 carries with 43 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, six receptions with 90 yards and a touchdown and an 11 yard carry. Sam Laporta, seven receptions with 84 yards. Jamison Williams, two receptions with 69 yards. Khalil Dorsey, 31 yard reception. Josh Reynolds, a 13 yard reception and defensive back Cameron Sutton was the highlight for this Lions defense with 10 tackles. Now, those were the stats. <clears throat> That's what happened during the game. Let's break down the game itself and my analysis of the game. It just seemed like early on the Cowboys were kind of running away with it. Then the Lions kind of stepped back up in the second half and then ended up making it a closer game. Uh, They really could not, and let's talk about the Cowboys for a little bit and how good they were on offense they really could not stop C.D. Lamb. The Lions did not have an answer for C.D. Lamb. Even though Cam Sutton played really good on the defensive side of things and for the secondary, they really could not guard C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb was, I mean, the 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 force to be reckoned with. 237 yards, he played lights out, and they had no answer for him in that game whatsoever. Uh, the Cowboys uh, on defense, I mean, look at what they did on defense. Look at what Donovan Wilson did. I mean, 11 total tackles and an interception. Uh, they picked the ball off two jump pass interceptions all by the secondary, uh, one passing, uh, one jumping in front of David Montgomery, one jumping in front of Lamont and Ross St. Brown. Uh, the defense looked, I mean, they looked, in, they looked pretty salty. They looked pretty solid. And they really, the Lions really couldn't get anything going on offense in the first half. Now in the second half, they blended it in a little bit more. They ran the ball a little bit more. Montgomery, they mixed it up with Montgomery and Gibbs and they both touched the ball. They both ran the ball. Not great, but they ran the ball good enough to get into the end zone and to keep them in the game. And the Lions looked good in the second half. Um, The controversial call that happened was at the end of the game because the Cowboys hadn't won. Uh, All they needed to do was to run the clock out, and they ended up kind of throwing it stopping the clock and i was like what are you doing if you ran the ball or ran short uh do a short split pass uh keep the ball in bounds the clock would have just gone down to at least 30 seconds and the Lions would have had 30 seconds instead of a minute 40 minute 40 to go down the field and score the lions have a top three offense in in the nfl or top five offense at least in the nfl and you're going to give them time to come down, go down or come back and go down the field to try to score and win the game. Now that was my only issue with the Cowboys. Uh the Cowboys got to work on that a little bit and work out on time management a little bit in that regard. Now, when they went down the field, they scored. They scored a touchdown. It was 1920 and the Lions were going to go for two. I kept saying to myself, go for the PAT and go into overtime. They went for the two-point conversion, and they got it. But hold on. Wait. They ended up getting a flag for an eligible man down the field. And it was an O-lineman, ineligible player in the end zone. Offensive lineman Taylor Dicker did was not eligible to catch the pass for the two-point conversion. And the Lions, 21-20, turned into the Cowboys, 20, and Lions, 19. They kept going for it, and they kept... Trying to just, you know, go. They kept trying to go for it. They kept, you know, trying to make it. They missed it again. Flag on the Cowboys and they went for it again. And then the Cowboys stopped them. Lions went for the offensive, uh, onside kick. Lions did not get the onside kick. Cowboys need it and the Cowboys won. Now, the now was the game. They got their 16 straight win. The Cowboys are undefeated at home this season and they are a hard team to play at home. So, the controversial call that happened was the illegal man downfield with Taylor Dicker legal man in the end zone, ineligible player in the end zone for Taylor Dicker. Now the, what you got to do is you have to report to the rest that, Hey, we're using him for a play. He's going to be, he's going to be an eligible player. We're going to line him up at tight end. And, uh, according to Dan Campbell head coach Dan Campbell according to uh guard Taylor Dicker and according to quarterback Jared Goff they did report to the refs that he was an el- and he was an a eligible player to for that two-point conversion and the refs missed it now the lions reported the re- the report of the officiating crew and reported the man to the league and it's looking like that officiating crew will miss the entirety of the 2024 NFL playoffs now Um, it's not a totally for sure thing, but I read about it, uh, per the athletic, as far as I know, I think it was from the athletic that they wrote that that the entire team or the entire officiating crew was going to miss the 2024 NFL playoffs. And after that ruling and that controversy, the NFL sent out a memo to all 32 NFL teams following that drama on reporting uh and they el- are reporting a lineman or whoever is you know to make them eligible and report him to the officiating crew following that controversial call. Now my thoughts on that call are was if he did report the the game, then the rest robbed him. And the Lions should have won the game. And it should have been 21-20 and the Cowboys would have not been unaffigted at home anymore. But if it looked like he wasn't reported, then the Cowboys won the game and there's nothing else to say my honest thoughts that it's looking like the Cow- the Lions got robbed just a tiny bit in this football game, and uh, it looked like uh, from the from the video that he that they were reporting that Taylor Dicker was an eligible player, and they threw the flag anyway. Uh, calls like this are kind of hard to miss. They're not really hard to miss. I mean, they're, they're not they're not really hard to miss it per se. They're really. It's one of those things that you've got to pay attention to and you've got to report right on and not get wrong on. you got to be very careful with those calls either way on how you do it. Listen, the refs get a lot of flack. Um, they get a lot of flack from me sometimes too on basic stuff, but calls like this are hard to call. Um, so I understand the refs, sort of speak, missing calls. I understand the refs uh, getting some calls like this wrong. So I understand completely. I understand what, you know, what happened. I understand, you know, everything, right? I understand. But some calls like this, you have to really be in depth with. You have to pay attention to. And you got to kind of try to nail it down on the head. You know, it's kind of hard to be a ref, man. It really is. That's my thoughts on the call. That's my thoughts on the controversy. That's just kind of hard to be a ref. Excuse me again. See, I'm trying to clear my throat. I'm trying to get over this stuff. My throat right now is okay. I, I cleared it hard, but just trying to get over some stuff. So I apologize once again for being unprofessional. That was my fault. Sorry. But when you look at that, when you look at that game, and when we look at the controversy with the Lions and the Cowboys. It's kind of hard to make those calls, right? And it's kind of hard to be a ref. But at the same time, the refs should get flat for basic calls. So that's just... My honest thoughts on the game. So, final score: Cowboys twenty, Lions nineteen. Nothing you can do about it now. Cowboys win. Lions uh, go back to the drawing board. They're both going. They're both in. They both are in the playoffs. Uh, the NFC East will be decided as well. Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, the Eagles did not really help themselves out in that race after losing to the Cardinals. So, we will see what happens Sunday with the Cowboys and the Eagles and see who wins that game. Uh, see who who wins that division. Sunday and for the Lions they already clinched the NFC North the the North's already sewn up they're just gonna get ready for the NFC playoffs next week so Lions 19 Cowboys 20 Cowboys got a good win over the Lions both teams are already in the playoffs so uh, we'll see them next week in you know In the NFC playoffs. So let's talk about the last game before we talk about other news in the Pick Skin Frenzy frenzy NFL Injury Report Ravens and Dolphins. Oh, man. Thought that game was going to be a lot closer than than I thought it was going to be. I picked the Ravens. This is the only game I really got right. Uh, The Ravens won in dominating fashion. I did not see this coming at all. I was watching it, I was covering it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. That is a hungry football team right there. Final score, Ravens 56, Dolphins 19. You can almost hear a pin drop. I don't know if you heard that, but that was me dropping my pin on my desk. Ravens 56, Dolphins 19. The game wasn't even close. It was the battle for the number one seed, Ni. I remind you. Now the Dolphins are in a battle for the number two seed in the AFC East Sunday with the Bills after this loss. Everything kind of just gets shaken up in the NFL with one loss. So it's just crazy. The Ravens 56, Dolphins 19. The Ravens not only clinched the AFC North, but they have clinched, not only have clinched the AFC North, but they have clinched the AFC number one seed. They are the number one seed in the AFC. They will not be playing next week. They'll be playing Saturday, and then they will have a bye week next week, and we will see them Saturday, and then in two weeks, when they play the lowest remaining seed in the AFC. So Ravens 56, Dolphins 19, Lamar Jackson lock him down for MVP, ladies and gentlemen, because he had a monster game against the Dolphins' defense, which is a pretty stingy defense. Need I remind you, 18 for 21 with 321 yards and five touchdowns, six carries with 35 yards. Tyler Huntley, 19-yard touchdown pass. He came in late. Gus Edwards, 16 carries with 68 yards and a touchdown. Justice Hill, three carries with 48 yards, five receptions with 64 yards and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon, six carries with 10 yards and a touchdown Zay Flowers had an amazing game the rookie wide receiver three receptions with 106 yards and a touchdown Rashad Bateman four receptions with 54 yards you think I'm done I'm not done Isaiah Likely two receptions with 42 yards and two touchdowns Odell Beckham a 33 yard reception he looked like the old Odell with an amazing one-handed grab Charlie Collar 19 yard touchdown reception from Tyler Huntley Nelson Aguilar two receptions with 18 yards Patrick Ricard, four-yard touchdown reception. The fullback getting it done there. The defense racked up three sacks and three turnovers against the Dolphins. Safety, Gino Stone notched eight total tackles and an interception. Let's go with the Dolphins really quick. Tua Tungavailoa, 22 for 38 with 237 yards and two touchdowns with two interceptions. Two carries with 14 yards. Devon A-Chain, 14 carries with 107 yards. A-Chain did not have a bad game. He played with his heart and with his soul, but just couldn't get it done overall with his team. Four receptions with 30 yards and a touchdown. Jeff Wilson Jr., three carries with 21 yards, three receptions with 13 yards. Chris Brooks, four carries with 12 yards. Tyreek Hill, six receptions with 76 yards. We're going to have some Tyreek Hill news in here in a little bit. Durham Smythe, three receptions with 54 yards. Cedric Wilson Jr., two receptions with 27 yards and a touchdown. Alec Engel, the other, their other running back, 18-yard reception. In safety, Deshaun Elliott was the main factor for this defense with 10 total tackles. At first, the Dolphins were getting stuff going on offense. They were trying to get the flow going on offense, but the Ravens shut it down really quick in the first, and then the Ravens offense came out. The Ravens offense came out, and they ran the ball extremely well. And what I mean extremely well is the, yeah you're gonna think oh they got only 10 yards there uh, he only got 61 yards for you know for you know for uh i'm trying to think who who it was with the ravens it was h uh it was J- gus edwards got 68 yards justice hill got 48 yards and melvin gordon got 10 yards that's what it was on my notes my apologies but you they were they were low yardage but It adds up in the total yards, all right? Because Lamar Jackson also ran the football. They ran it and ran it and ran it, and it adds up, okay? When you think that these yards are short, and it's like, oh, they didn't pad their stats at all. They didn't have a good running day today. That's not necessarily true, okay? So when you look at that, it's not necessarily accurate. Look at the, when you add, How many guys did they got playing at running back and rotating in and out, and they got a running quarterback as well? Look at the rushing yards, and look at what they did on the ground. I will even pull up what the Ravens did running the ball, and I, I will pull it up right here. Guys, let's just pull it up. Team stats, rushing the ball, 160 yards on the ground. That's a pretty good rushing day. Not only that, Passing the ball, 331. They had 491 total yards of offense. Guys, running the ball for the Dolphins, they didn't play all that bad either on the ground. They just got manned that day. 150, 154 yard, rushing yards for the Dolphins, 221 passing yards for the Dolphins, and 375 total yards of offense for the Dolphins. Here is where the Ravens kind of dominated, though. Defensively, because the Ravens on defense slowed down their offense. And the offense only got five yards per play, which adds up against any other team. Five yards per play is pretty good. But the Ravens countered that with eight point nine yards per play. First and ten, they get eight point eight nine eight eight and a half or eight point nine almost nine yards per play. That's second and one. Second and one if you run the ball or if you throw the ball. Second and one. Then Another play, first down. That's moving the ball consistently if you're the Ravens offense. And what they do, and this is what I've been impressed with the whole time about the Baltimore Ravens this season. Yards per play. Their yards per play is insane because they average seven to eight yards per play a game. A game. That is ridiculous, okay? That is ridiculous. The Dolphins, they, they almost match that with what they do because of their offense that their total offense for the dolphins is insane they have still the number one offense in the nfl total offense with the rushing offense goes to the ravens but if you're talking about most balanced and complete team who's hungrier than the ravens right now i mean there's just look at them who's hungrier than the ravens right now let's look at some i'm gonna pull up some of their games let's pull up some of their games this past Sunday, they beat the Dolphins, who has the number one offense in the National Football League. 56-19. to 19. The Turnaround on Christmas. On Christmas. Let's go back to Christmas. 33-19 against the number one seed in the 49ers, who have a loaded roster and one of the most complete teams in the NFL. The number one seed in the NFL, who has a bye in next week in the playoffs. Beat them 33-19. Jaguars 23-17. They beat the Rams in a close one. Uh, They beat the Bengals once again 34-20. I covered that game. Seahawks 37-3. The Lions, who was a top-five offense in the NFL, held them to six points. Six points. 38-6 is what they beat them. 38-6. Let's keep going. Browns early on in the year they're in the playoffs 10 and five a playoff contender they're in the, they're at the number five seed currently in the playoffs in the AFC earlier in the year they beat them 28 to3 now the Browns got revenge on them 33 31 November 12 but need, needless to say needless to say overall they've been beat, blowing out teams. They've been blowing out teams. I mean, there's they've had a few mess ups. Yeah, the Colts. They got beat by the Colts. They only had three losses. Colts, Browns. Um, I think one of their losses, if I am not mistaken, if I am not mistaken, one of their losses was to the Steelers October. In October 8th, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, it's October 8th. So they long lost to the Colts, Steelers, and the Browns. But the thing is, they've already clinched their division. They're the number one team in the AFC because they're 12 and three. And I'm sorry, they're 13 and three. The Ravens are the hungriest team in the NFL. I'm I'm not going to sit there and say they're the most complete team in the NFL because I think the most complete team right now, this season, it's the, just for this season at least, is the 49ers. But when you look at the most hungry team, because they already beat the most complete team, if they're the most hungry team, it's, you got to give it to the Baltimore Ravens. Dolphins, still in it. They got a huge game Sunday. A huge game Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Not going to lie. Uh, Bills are on a... They are on a tear. They're on a... Four or five game winning streak, this could decide the AFC East. And it will decide the AFC East. In fact, it will. Because after this loss for the Dolphins, this is gonna put this is for the AFC East championship here. Division title here. So, so let's we'll just sit back and we'll watch Sunday night. Bills, Dolphins, we're gonna cover that game. Uh Josh Allen not turning the ball over as much. We're gonna preview and predict that later on. But the Dolphins, in a game Sunday night. So it's one of those things where this could drop them seeding-wise. Now the play and the Miami Dolphins are already in the playoffs, so they got nothing to worry about. But this could be a game right here that drops them from the second seed to the fifth seed, or the, th- or, or the, the, the fourth or the fifth seed, maybe. So let's just see what happens Sunday night with the Dolphins. The Dolphins uh, tried their best, but they were outmatched by a hungry football team, and... Uh, the, the Ravens are ready. Final score, 56-19. Ravens rout the Dolphins in a battle for the number one seed. The Ravens clinch the number one seed, and obviously the AFC North. The Dolphins are in the playoffs already, and they are fighting for the AFC East title, division title, Sunday night, again, in a, in a high-stakes showdown against the Buffalo Bills in Miami. So home game for the Dolphins. So let's see what happens on Sunday night football in the last week of the regular season here, Sunday night. So Ravens are a hungry team. I had not seen anything like it. I haven't seen the Ravens play like this in quite some time. So let's just see what happens with the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins coming up this weekend. Guys, That was the Week 17 Recap. Let's talk about the Pigskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report. Let's give you updates on that. Let's talk about who's in and who's out. We're going to give you some other news before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy with our preview predictions of the games that we're covering for Week 18, the last week of the regular season. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Injury report. Let's kick it off with Browns wide receiver Amore Cooper. He had a heel injury and he is questionable versus the Bengals Sunday after missing last Thursday's game versus the Jets due to that injury. So we're gonna see what if, if Amore Cooper can go. He did miss that that game, uh, winning the the game winner versus the the Jets again. You know with Joe Flacco. You know putting on a tear this is coming off of the heels of Amari Cooper having one of his best games in recent memory as well so uh thoughts are with him and hopefully he gets back out there soon they're gonna need him for the playoffs coming up next week so we're gonna see what happens with the Browns uh hopefully he heals up and I would highly doubt that in in, in my estimate that the Browns would probably play Amari Cooper and try to try to rest him for the playoffs coming up next week here in week 18, because the week 18 for some of these playoff teams who have already clinched a playoff berth are sitting some of their guys out. So we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Browns wide receiver Elijah Moore concussion. He took a scary hit against the Jets last Thursday. He is questionable versus to the Bengals. Uh, he was he had a concussion. He was released from the hospital last Friday. Thoughts and prayers are with Elijah Moore. Hopefully he gets back soon and he is healthy and better and well enough to play some football for the Browns. So thoughts and prayers are with him. Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, his shoulder. He is considered day to day ahead of Sunday versus the Titans. Now, here's the thing the AFC South is a little bit tricky now, too, because the Texans and the Colts, both nine and seven, are fighting to see who gets in and who who uh, it's a winner go home scenario for the Colts and the Titans here. Winner go home. And not only that, this could decide the AFC South on Saturday night. Early on, they're gonna watch and see what the Jaguars do against the Titans. Uh, The Titans uh, playing a a showdown with the Jaguars. Jaguars nine and nine and seven, I believe they're nine and seven. Jaguars nine and seven. Um, And when you look. And when you look at it, and when you look at the, th- the thick of things here, they were in control of the AFC South. They were like what seven and three, eight and three. Then they became eight and seven after losing four, five straight, six straight. Even <laughs> excuse me. So when you look at it, and when you see everything, when you just think about it. It's crazy how the NFL works. That's all I got to say. It's crazy how the NFL works. And it's crazy that within a span of a few games with the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of dipping a little bit in the second half of the season, the Texans and the Colts could capitalize. So this is why you do not dip and you try to work your hardest in football games because... Things like this can happen, and now you're in a three-team battle for the South, and this is this could affect playoffs right here. So we'll see what happens Sunday. Trevor Lawrence, they're going to try to want to get him back for Sunday versus the Titans. Jaguars wide right receiver Jamal Agnew, his leg, he is out for the rest of the season after fracturing his lower leg during last week's game versus the Panthers. Thoughts and prayers with Jamal Agnew, and hopefully he gets better and ready to go for 2021. Four. Titans quarterback Will Levis is questionable versus the Jaguars Sunday. He left the game versus the Texans last week due to a foot injury. So he is questionable due to his foot injury. If not, if he cannot go, we will give you updates on everything on X. So tune into X for all these updates. By the way, Ryan Tannehill will go and start if he cannot play Sunday. Titans wide receiver Colton Dowell, eight, he tore his ACL and meniscus versus the Texans, and he is out for the rest of the season. Thoughts and prayers are with Colton Dow Colton Dowell, uh, after, you know, suffering that knee injury in the third quarter versus the Texans, and hopefully he will be back and ready to go, and make a speedy recovery for 2024. Patriots wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, his ankle is out for the rest of the year after being placed on IR. So he hopefully he will be back for 2024 and be all healed up and ready to go for the start of next season. Those are... That's everything for the Pigskin Frenzy Injury Report on who's in and who could be out. Um, We will give you updates on everything and on X and keep up to date for everything for Pigskin Frenzy on the Injury Report. And keep up 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 to date with everything on the socials, including X, for these updates. So that was the Injury Report. Let's talk about other news just for a tiny bit. A tiny bit. Uh, Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Uh, yesterday, his house was on fire. Unfortunately, luckily, unfortunately, his safe, his family, and Tyreek Hill himself were safe from the fire. So, unfortunately, apologies and and everything. And thoughts and prayers go out to Tyreek Hill and his family due to that incident. But luckily, they are safe and sound and good on you know Tyreek Hill and his family for being safe and sound during that. It is tough to have something like that happen to you, and it is tough. So thoughts and prayers to Tyreek Hill and his family, and hopefully everything works out okay for them. Panther's owner, and this is kind of interesting. Panther's owner. And look at this, guys, Panther's owner. uh, David Tepper was in the suite during the Brown during the Panthers and Jaguars game, uh, a fan was heckling at him. He threw a drink or his drink at the Jaguars fan that was heckling them after the Panthers suffered another loss and a devastating loss. And he wasn't happy about it. He's not been happy about the season at all. But he threw a drink at a fan. And Now the NFL is looking it has investigated it, looking into it. He is he could face possible suspension for coming to games and he will he could face a possible fine for his actions of what he did. So my honest thoughts are this. One, it's just a game. Yes, ignore the fans. They're just fans. I get you're putting in money and, and time and investment into your organization with the Carolina Panthers only for them to miss the playoffs and to be 3-12, and 12, right? But when you look at the Carolina Panthers... Uh, they're a work in progress. You got to build around Bryce Young. I've said that. You have to build around Bryce Young. You got to get him a better line. You have to give him some better receivers and better weapons, not just Adam Thielen and Shark. You got to get him some better weapons around him to build around him. So, my honest thoughts on that is you can't be doing that. It's not professional and it's not a good look for your organization to be doing that and throwing drinks at fans like that. So, uh, for I think the fine is is acceptable. I would give him a fine. Uh, suspension, we'll have to that's that's debatable, I think, but it depends on the games, I would think. Uh I wouldn't say suspension because the season's about to end and this is the Panthers' last week of the regular season and the last week before we see him until twenty twenty four so let's just see what the let's just see what the Panthers do let's see what the league does with this and let's just see what the Panthers do during the offseason especially during the NFL draft and see what they draft during the in, during in April in Green Bay so uh, the Pan, or, or I'm sorry in Detroit technically in Detroit so the Panthers may uh, Panthers and the NFL may suspend and give a fine to owner David Tepper after that incident with the Jaguars fan from this past Sunday in week 17. now uh, that was pretty much the other news in the nfl uh let's just preview and predict week 18 and let's get right down to it to conclude today's episode of pigskin frenzy let's talk about it guys week 18 and it is a week where you know people can play and people won't play rams are resting their starters they're playing the 49ers they they've already clinched the playoff spot so the rams Are starting Carson Wentz and they're resting Matthew Stafford for the playoffs against the 49ers. Maybe not the best idea. I don't know. Maybe maybe a good idea, but maybe not the best idea, especially since you're playing the number one seed in the AFC. But I would assume the the 49ers are also resting their starters for Week 18. The Kansas City Chiefs against the Chargers are resting their starters this Sunday. Blaine Gabbert will start for them. But then you got some games in Week 18 that you look at and you're like, okay. We can't rest our starters because we're in a fight for our division and fight for playoff spots. The te- So these games that, we're, that we have here, they're not resting their starters here, I don't think, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and these games we are covering, and these are some division titles, and these are some playoff spots and hopes in these matchups that we're covering Saturday and Sunday. One game Saturday, three games Sunday Week 18, preview and predictions. The last weekend, the season finale of the regular season for the NFL. Let's get right down to it. It's Saturday's game, preview and predictions. Texans at Colts, both nine and seven. And it is a battle for the AFC South title, could be. And it's a winner go home scenario. Whoever wins could go to the playoffs, whoever loses goes home. Texans at Colts, even though you have a winning season at nine and eight. It's still a, there's there's not enough playoff spots. Winner go home. It's in Indianapolis, so keep that in mind. Home field advantage goes to the Colts. The last game the Colts and Texans play was in week two. 31-20. The Colts defeated the Texans. So for the Texans, the key here is this: you got to slow down the run. The Colts have the 13th rushing offense. They could run the ball a little bit with and/or Jonathan Taylor and/or Zach Moss. They got two good backs, even though they're 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 13th, they're still in the top 15 in rushing offense. They're not too bad. And it brings out a balanced attack with the run with Gardner Minshew and how he's been playing here recently. So if I'm the Texans, I'm slowing down the run because if you're the Texans, you are your number three in rushing defense. You're top three in slowing down the run. So that's your forte. So I would slow down the run and make Gardner Minshew beat you out through the air. And, slow down the run. That's the big key for the Texans here in this football game. And if you're the Colts, Gardner Minshew has ha- he has to have a spectacular game in this one. I think he has to play lights out. He has to play uh, marvelous for the Texans to go home and for the Colts to win go to 10 and seven and to go to the wild card spot of the playoffs and could win the AFC South and surprise a lot of people here Saturday if the Jaguars lose their game so Texans and Colts who do I have winning this ball game I think it's going to be close I like me some Gardner Minshew I like me the Colts but I think CJ Stroud What he's been doing this season and what the Colts have been doing. They've been fired up. They're ready to go. I think they can get it done on the road here, especially with CJ Stroud and the way he's been throwing the ball and lighting it up through the air. Give me the Texans winning this game, beating the Colts. Texans defeating the Colts by a score of 31 24. It's going to be a touchdown game. Texans 31, Colts 24. They win Saturday. Could win the AFC South if the Jaguars lose. Let's see if the Jaguars lose first, though. And the Texans could very well be on their way to the AFC playoffs next week. 31-28, 31-24, Colts defeat, uh, Texans defeat the Colts 31-28. Now, Falcons at Saints. Falcons 7-9, Saints 8-8 winner go home scenario here for the playoffs and not only that man either way if they lose the south they could one of these teams could still probably make the playoffs here so let's just see what happens but Falcons at Saints deciding the AFC South could be if the Buccaneers lose to the Panthers on Sunday and this is playoff hopes right here so Falcons defeated the Saints in week 12 24 to 15 closer to Thanksgiving and it was a surprising game for the Saints. The Saints did not expect that one. So for the Falcons, here's the big key here. You got to make Derek Carr make mistakes through the air. Uh, it's no it's no secret that Derek Carr uh, and the Saints, the Saints have a have their 12th in passing in the league. They're a top 15 passing team in the league. The Falcons, eighth in passing defense. You probably wouldn't know that about the Falcons. They're eighth. They're top 10 in, in slowing down the pass. You probably wouldn't believe that about the Falcons, but they are eighth in passing all and passing defense. When you look at this game, it's no secret that Derek Carr has not been the most consistent. Look at his QBR rating on ESPN right now. So when you look at it, it's he's not the most consistent. But when Derek Carr is on, he is on, and he can light it up through the air. So you're going to have to want to slow that down and slow down those 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 big time passes to Chris Olave and toward Juwan Johnson and Rashid, and Rashid Shahid and just slow down the passing game and make Derek Carr make mistakes through the air. Let him turn the ball over a little bit. That's what you're going to have to do to try to, to isolate that and try to, and try to to win this ball game in a big way to win this ball game. So if you're the Saints, just like I mentioned earlier, try to find some more success on the ground. The Saints are 21st in, in running the football. Uh, and, and I would just try to find a way to run the football, you got the backs to do it. You got Jamal Williams, you got Alvin Kamara. Run the football a little bit more, bring more of a balanced attack on offense. To light it up and to help Derek Carr light it up through the air. And you would if you if you run the ball a lot, you know, a lot and get some more yards out of it, you could very well win this football game and could win the a- the NFC South behind it if the Bucks lose and could go to the playoffs. Playoff hopes are still alive. Division hopes are still alive in this one. Who do I have winning this ball game: it's Falcons and Saints. Close game. I think the Saints do it, though. I think the Saints' home field advantage. I think the Falcons uh, give them a fight, but they're not strong enough, in my honest thoughts, to win this game and to overcome the New Orleans Saints right now at this point. Saints win the game. I'll give them a score of 24-17. Similar to last game, but the roles and the victors are flipped. Saints 24, Falcons 17. The Saints go to 9-8. Falcons go to 7-10 and end their season in 2024 and miss the playoffs. So, Saints could very well go to the playoffs falcons miss the playoffs and we will see them in 2024 24 17 saints roll against the falcons so two more games before we conclude today's episode of pigskin frenzy rams at 49ers matthew stafford not playing in this one the last game we had was in week two 49ers defeated the rams 30 to 23 close ball game Carson Wentz starting this game. I'm pretty sure the starters will be rested for the Niners. Have not been announced yet, but I'm pretty sure that it will be one of those games here. So, Rams at 49ers. The 49ers defeated the Rams in week two. For the Rams, you got to slow down Christian McCaffrey in the running game. If he starts, this is the big key here. Slow down the running game for the 49ers. The 49ers are third in running the football. Third in running the football. They can run it, man. They can run it. And yeah, I've seen Christian McCaffrey do it, but you got Elijah Mitchell who can also run the football. So run the football. The Rams have or tw- 12th in stopping the run. So I would slow down the run and try your best to move up a little bit in that ranking to slow down the run for the 49ers. If you're the Rams, you got to find a way. No, if you're the Niners, you got to find a way to slow down these receivers. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup if they are playing Sunday because there's rumors that they all could sit who knows because they're both in the playoffs so who knows you got to find a way to slow down these receivers um I think that if you slow them down and contain them a little bit neutralize them a little bit you can find a way to win this ba- this game fairly well so who who do I have one in this ball game honestly Rams and Niners I believe that the Niners could sit this game out and they could afford to take a loss since they already clinched the number one seed so who do i have one in this ball game give me the rams beating the niners here and because of the starter sitting out i think what could that's what could happen and it's what should happen since the playoffs are next week the league already got a buy in the playoffs um you got two weeks and you've already clinched the number one seed let them sit but I think that I think the Rams get this one done since they are sending their starters Rams win close 28 24 Rams 28 49ers 24 Rams 10 and seven 49ers go to 12 and five my pick may change if the 49ers starters all play but I don't I'm not necessarily going doubt I doubt that they I'm, I doubt that they start but I don't know if I'm going to change my pick here Rams 28 49ers 24 Rams get the win and they move on to the playoffs next week while the Niners move on to the playoffs and move on to the number one seed in two weeks. So last game to to conclude today's episode of pigskin frenzy bills at Dolphins Sunday night football 10 and six at Dolphins 11 and five battle for the number, maybe the number two seed here and for the AFC East championship division title here. So if you're the bills, And by the way, the Bills played the Dolphins last in week four and blew them out. We covered that game. I said the Dolphins were going to win that game, and I was wrong. The Bills defeated them in week four, 48-20. And last season, the Bills won the AFC East. They have been winning the AFC East constantly. Ever since Tom Brady left, they're trying to go for their, I believe, their third straight AFC East championship. So their third or fourth straight AFC East title, Bills, Dolphins, 48-20. Last time they played, Bills defeated the Dolphins in week four. Now, for if you're the Bills, protect the football seal. You have a mission. Keep protecting the football. Josh Allen has been doing a lot better the past few weeks. In this four-game winning stretch, in protecting the football he is now second in turnovers he was first he's now second in turnovers right behind commander's quarterback sam howell so he's second in turnovers. so find a way to protect the football if you're josh allen in the buffalo bills against a very stingy miami dolphins defense and if you're the dolphins you have the number one offense total offense in the league you got to find a way to confuse this bill's defense with different looks on offense confuse them do different packages, uh, do different looks at the receiver spots at the uh, shift a little bit. Give them some different looks that make them confused in this game, and to confuse them and to burn them on defense and on offense here. So those are the keys to the game. Who do I have one in this game? It's close. I think it's going to be close. It's hard for me. Hard for me right now because the Dolphins are so good on offense, but it is hard for me right now to pick against the Buffalo Bills. They are on a four game winning stretch and they are white hot. Because of that, I think the Bills find a way to go into Miami, upset the Dolphins, and win the ASC East once again and beat them in a close game. The Dolphins fall to the number five seed, the Bills go up all the way up. Clinch a playoff spot, go to the number two seed and win the AFC East. The Bills win it. 31 28 by field goal. Bills 31, Dolphins 28, a lot closer than last time. But the Bills get it done in Miami and win the AFC East. I just can't cannot deny them this win, especially with how white hot they are. And when Josh Allen gets going. He's hard to stop. 31-28, Bills beat the Dolphins, win the ASC East, move up to the number two seed, and the Dolphins move down to the number five seed for next week. Guys, that just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Pie, Bean, and Apple. Just share around with others on there and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you got to do is just type in PigSkin Frenzy. Follow like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Trivia question on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's NFL question as all things up to date. And on, and as always, all things up to date for PigSkin Frenzy. Guys, a big thank you for taking some time. Out of your Thursday. Go enjoy the last weekend of the regular season for the NFL before we get ready to cover some playoff games next Thursday and get right into the playoffs. We will be back Tuesday to recap the national championship game, the college football playoff national championship game between Michigan and Washington. And we will be talking and recapping the 2023 college football season and provide my final thoughts and recap of the season for college football. We will be back Tuesday. Until then. I'm Joel Norris signing off and we will see you then and for everybody out there please and always stay the course